Throughout his earthly ministry, Jesus Christ made many bold claims that upset the religious leaders of his day. He claimed to be the one true God who is from the Father. He claimed to be the Christ, the promised Messiah. He claimed to be the only way to heaven. Jesus Christ said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. The gospel of Jesus Christ is an exclusive claim that we firmly believe in and proclaim in an inclusive and tolerant world. Throughout the scriptures, the message of the gospel is unmistakably clear. Throughout the scripture, it says, salvation is by faith alone in Christ alone. There are so many passages of scripture that uh, that speak of this, particularly in the New Testament, that teach the exclusivity of the gospel. This morning, I would like us to look briefly at one of these passages, and it's found in 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 and 12. So turn with me in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 5. The Apostle John wrote this letter uh, to believers in Asia Minor who were being threatened by false teachers. One of these false doctrines that had infiltrated the church would eventually become known as Gnosticism. The word Gnosticism comes from a Greek word that means knowledge. These false teachers felt that they were an elite class of people who had a higher, deeper, superior knowledge of God than others and that others could not have. They taught that Christ, the Son of God, could not have a physical body because anything physical was evil. So John writes this letter to refute this false teaching and to assure the believers that they have eternal life, that they are genuine children of God. So in his letter, he gives them some tests of true fellowship with God. He gives them the characteristics of genuine saving faith. One of these tests is found here in 1 John chapter 5. Let's look at verse 11. And the testimony, the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Now, if we look at the context of this passage, we'll see that the testimony that John is referring here to is the testimony of God the Father concerning his Son. The testimony of God the Father is that he has given us eternal life, which is found in his son. He has told us that salvation is available only in his son. Now, we either believe his testimony or we don't believe it. There's no neutral ground. Not to believe is to reject it. In fact, it says in verse 10, John says, if you don't believe the father's testimony, you're essentially calling him a liar. So what a person believes about God's testimony of his son determines their eternal destiny. Now, in verse 12, John very clearly states there are two possible outcomes in response to the father's testimony. Note, let's look at verse 12. The first one, 
He who has a son has life. And number two, he who does not have the son does not have life. This is the test of a person has eternal life. If the person is a genuine child of God, if a person has true fellowship with God. In other words, the person believes in the father's witness and as a result confesses his son as Lord and Savior and therefore possesses eternal life. The person who rejects the father's testimony of his son does not confess or believe that his son is Lord and Savior and therefore does not possess eternal life. Again, we see here clearly the exclusivity of the gospel. There are not many ways, there are not many ways to God. There is only one way, and that is through his son. It's impossible to be saved apart from him. You must believe in Jesus Christ in order to be saved. Salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. What does it mean to believe in Jesus Christ? It means that we believe that he is the son of God who took on human form in order to live a sinless life and to die on the cross to pay for the penalty of the sins of everyone who believes in him. Jesus Christ was then buried and resurrected on the third day. It also means that we trust in him alone and in no one else and in nothing else to to save us from our sin. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 10 that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God is raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Have you personally believed in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you trusted in him alone and in no one else and in nothing else to provide you eternal life? If you've never done so, I invite you to put your faith and trust in him as your Lord and Savior. If you have any questions about this, I would encourage you to ask the friend that invited you or talk to one of the elders of the church, and they'll be glad to explain to you more about the testimony of the father concerning his son. Now, it's important to understand that believing in Jesus Christ for salvation is not something that happens just at the moment of decision. It's an ongoing belief. It's a continual belief that comes from the heart. See, if a person truly believes in Jesus Christ, we never stop believing. We never stop trusting in Christ. We continue to believe throughout the remainder of our life on earth into eternity because it stems from a heart that is regenerated by the Holy Spirit. There are some Christians today who believe that a person can make a decision to believe in Christ in their life at one point and that are saved regardless of whether they believe or not at a latter point in their life. I believe that is a clear contradiction of what the Word of God teaches. You know, communion is an affirmation of a believer's faith and trust in Christ. It's an affirmation of what we believe in our heart. Paul says in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six, For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. 
See, every time we participate in the Lord's Supper, every time we eat of these elements, the bread and the cup, it's not just a reminder of what Christ has done for us, but it's also a declaration, a proclamation to others of what we believe in our heart. That the Father, concerning the Father's testimony of his Son. Each time we eat the bread, which represents the body of Christ, and each time we drink the cup, which represents the blood of Christ, we're saying in our mind and our heart, yes, I still believe he is the only way to heaven. I still believe that he died on the cross for my sins to provide for my salvation. Yes, I'm still trusting in him alone and in no one else and nothing else for my salvation. So each time we eat the bread and drink the cup, let's affirm once again in our heart what Jesus Christ has done for us. Let's affirm that we agree with the Father's testimony concerning his Son. That we believe and still believe and are still trusting in him alone for our salvation. If you're here this morning and you are believing in Jesus Christ, trusting him alone for your salvation, we invite you to join us in our time of communion as we remember him. If you're here this morning and you have not believed in Jesus Christ alone to save you from your sins, I encourage you not to participate in the communion, but simply to pass the elements along to the next person and to think about the Father's testimony concerning his Son, that eternal life is found only in him. You know, as as believers, we need to examine our heart before God to make sure that we have confessed any known sin before God and to make sure that we're filled with the Spirit before we participate in the communion. So after you have, uh, after you receive the elements and when your heart is ready, then uh, eat of the elements on your own. Gentlemen, would you please come forward and distribute the elements?